I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 426. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. My oldest daughter is in college these days, and she attends an elite and very liberal school. And as a follower of Christ, she is painfully aware of just how narrow the path is that leads to life. On her campus, and I'm I'm sure, as with campuses all over our nation and around the world, there is a semblance of wisdom, but there are torrents of anxiety and undercurrents of anger sweeping through the campus every day. We often talk, uh, Emily and I do, about the living hope that we have in Christ, and it's not just a cliche that they need Jesus. You know, God and his truth brings comfort and identity and direction and boundaries. And just like Ellie Holcomb's song, I Will Carry You, reminds us, God will carry us. In fact, he already has. And I can't wait to dive into scripture to take our eyes off of the torrents threatening to sweep us away and look deep into the eyes and arms of our loving Father, but first, let's listen. I will carry you through your I was delighted to read an article where where Ellie pointed to Isaiah 46 as her inspiration because that's where I was headed this week. And her inspiration verse will go ahead and be our focus verse as well. Isaiah 46, 4 says, Even to your old age, I am he. And to gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear and I will carry and I will save. And this is God's word to us. This is God speaking to his people. And it's comforting, isn't it? As is the song to remind us that when it's dark and we're scared and the waters are rising and our hope is drying out, that God will carry us even when we're old. And the verse right before it talks about the womb. It says, it's kind of like this idea from womb to tomb, God is going to carry us. Just listen. It says, listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel who have been born by me from before your birth, B-O-R-N-E, born by me from before your birth, carried from the womb. Even to your old age, I am he and to gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. I will carry and will save. Now, I want to take the bites of slowing down, making a list and meditating for a moment. Now, BITE, B-I-T-E, is an acronym for Bible Interaction Tool Exercise. And as you can see, these exercises 
are simple. Slow down, make a list, and meditate are the three we're going to start out with. And if you follow them, your time in God's word will be transformed. And then so will you. Not by the bites, but by the word, by the word of God. Now, I'm eager to jump into context. That's my favorite bite of all time, and we will. But for right now, I want to slow down. My, my tendency is to amass knowledge and words, but slowing down will lead to greater observation and understanding. And understanding, not mere knowledge, that's where it's at. Understanding is where we want to get to. So by slowing down and focusing on these two verses, we can really begin to understand God better. And when we understand him better, we'll better be able to understand ourselves and our circumstances in light of him uh, in light rather than the darkness of our own minds. He's going to shed light on the situation because he is light. So making a list is one of the best ways I know how to slow down and interact with the text in a new way. We learn a lot about God in these two verses. So let's do that. Let's make a list. First, he has something to say that he wants us to listen to. (laughs) Now, you may argue that this verse is for the Israelites. After all, God is specifically addressing the house of Jacob and all the remnant of the house of Israel. And you would be right. The first audience of these words were the Israelites in the day of Isaiah. But they describe how God relates to his chosen people. So as believers in Christ, we've been grafted into the family of God. Through Christ, even if we're Gentiles, we are his chosen people. So the remaining description of how God relates to his people applies to us as well. So is it to the Israelites? Yes. Is it to us? Yes. So after the call to, to listen, and, and I kind of picture having a chat with my kids and when they're not looking at me, if it's really important, I'll ask them to listen carefully. And sometimes I'll even say, look at me. It's almost as if God's saying that. This is one of those times. He's saying here, look at me, listen carefully, take these things to heart. So it says we've been born by God before our birth. B-O-R-N-E, born. Not a word that we use very often in in, uh, American English, at least. But when I follow the bite of completing a word study on this word, born, I see that it means to carry a load. And so every time this word is used in scripture, it kind of implies a heavy burden. So just to recap, we are born by God. It's another word for carry. We are carried by God from before birth. As a side note. There's a lot of discussion in the world today as to when life begins. According to this verse, in the heart of God, it begins before birth. All right, so what's what's next on our list? We are carried from the womb. Now, when I do a word study on this different word for carry, it means to carry, of course, or to lift. And just as a clarification from the previous verse, Life starts at conception. So from the very womb, God carries us. We don't come into existence at birth. All right, so back to the word studies for carry. Um, So again, we've got this word that was translated born. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. And another, a different word that that is used to, is uh, translated as carry. You might ask how I'm doing these word studies. So here's what I do. I go to BibleHub.com. I choose the verse I'm studying. I click on interlinear, uh, and it's usually on my desktop, it's I-N-T, and see the verse written in Hebrew with the Strong's concordance number above the word. 
Now I can click on the Strong's number and it will bring me to the Hebrew definition and it will also show me where else in scripture this word is used. I wish you could understand how amazing this is because when I was in Bible college, we went to the library and we looked it up in the Strong's Concordance in one of the volumes and it was on paper and there was no clicking and there was no instantaneous, you know, here's all everywhere it was used. So anyway, that's my own burden to bear. But uh, I want to give you some caution here. Um, because obviously you're not trained in studying the Hebrew and the Greek. And, and I, I, I do not have a great grasp on the verbs and the participles and the, you know, present, future tense, past tense, all these, all these different things like that. So here's a word of caution. Sometimes a word can mean very different things. So it's one word, one Hebrew word, but it can mean different things. Much like the English word for trunk could be talking about the elephant, an elephant's trunk, or a compartment in a car, a place, you know, where you can put luggage. So if you're going to explore in word studies, even using biblehub.com and clicking like I explained, be sure you look for the verse where you are currently studying to make sure you're matching it to the right definition. So um, that's just one, that's just one word of caution. As far as for these two words for carry that we're talking about today, they're pretty straightforward. I mean, that's what they mean. It means to carry. I'll highlight something in a minute as to why God may have chosen two different words for carry. Why did he speak two different Hebrew words? Um, and we're going to get into that in a minute. Now, the next phrase, phrase, excuse me, is even to your old age, I am he. And basically what God is saying here is that my role will not change just because you get older. I'm going to carry you from the womb to the tomb. Okay, and the next phrase is to gray hairs, I will carry you. Much like before, he's saying the same thing in a different way. And not only is it poetic, it's a poetic way to express an amazing truth, but it's like putting an exclamation point on the end of the phrase. You know, anytime that God repeats himself, it's important. So to say it again in a new way is poetic and it emphasizes its importance. Now, there's one more I have statement and three more I will statements that we're going to add to our list. I have made, I will bear, I will carry, I will save. That's what he says. I have made, I will bear, I will carry, I will save. So I have made. It's the same word made was the same word that was used in the Genesis creation account. He's pointing to himself as creator. I will bear. Same uh, verb root as before when it meant to lift. Okay, so again, I will bear is just another way of saying carry or to lift. I will carry, again, highlighting the fact that it's a heavy load. I will save, another way to say to deliver, provide a way of of escape or rescue. We belong to our creator. He made us and will not abandon us. In fact, he will lift and carry us, delivering us. But delivering us from what? Well, mostly from ourselves and the heavy load of sin that so easily besets us. So take all of these observations and meditate on them. Take everything that you've written down in your list and think about it. We've slowed down. We've made a list of all that God is and does for us just in two verses. And now that we have this information, don't just move on to the next thing. Take some time to let it roll around in your mind a little bit. Now, at first blush, it seems to be about us, right? 
but we're just the passenger in the loving arms of our father who's carrying us from before we took our first breath until we take our last. These verses are really more about God. Yes, we are the ones being carried, but it's his character that's being displayed. He bears, he carries, he created, he saves. All right, now at this point, let's uh, take the bite of considering the opposite. If God didn't create, who did? If God doesn't save, who will? If God doesn't bear us up and carry us, who does? If you zoom out a bit in the text, you will see exactly what these verses were in response to. Because we began, I don't know if you remember, in verse 3. So God was taking the bite of considering the opposite too. Let's back up to verse 1. And 1 and 2, it says this, Bell bows down, Nebo stoops. Their idols are on beasts and livestock. These things you carry are born as burdens on weary beasts. They stoop, they bow down together, they cannot save the burden, but themselves go into captivity. Ah, did you hear any familiar words in there? Carry and born, B-O-R-N-E again. This is one of the reasons why I like to study in a word-for-word translation, because when you read this in the New Living or the NIV, it's not going to pick up on the same word. So who's carrying who in verses 1 and 2? The people are carrying the gods. What a stark contrast, right? God himself is using the bite of compare and contrast. They stoop, they bow down, these, these idols, these gods. But what does God do? He lifts up. So you see a a very strong contrast between verses 1 and 2 and verses 3 and 4. The people are carrying the gods. Uh, They're burdens on the back of animals. The animal bears the God. But what does our God do? Well, he bears us and does so from the beginning. These idols can't save the burden. They don't bear the burden or save anyone from anything. In fact, they are in the moving van headed into captivity with the people. But God, our God, delivers from captivity. For for historical context, Bel and Nebo, these are are foreign gods. Bel was the sky god of the Babylonians and the Assyrians. And Nebo was the Babylonian god of scribes and wisdom. So you've got this God of the heavens and God of wisdom. This is fascinating to me and is made even more fascinating when we take in even more of the context. So when I chose Isaiah 46, 4 as the theme verse, I didn't feel like I had time to read and study all of Isaiah in a week. But I did want to take the bite of reading and studying in context. Even though I focused in on a few verses, I wanted to to read more and, and kind of take in those contexts. How far back should I go, though? And I remembered from a previous study of Isaiah that Isaiah was broken into major sections. And I'm going to give you two options that you could use as resources to discover this on your own. The first is free and online. Um, There are outlines of the books of the Bible on blueletterbible.org. And according to the J. Vernon McGee outline, he divides Isaiah into three sections. And the section that included chapter 46 backed up to chapter 40. So I was like, okay, let me back up to chapter 40 and read forward. 
But I also pulled down my How to Read the Bible Book by Book, which is a resource I've talked about several times. It's one of my favorites for an overview of the book and tips on how to read it. And according to the authors, Fee and Stewart, Isaiah is broken into two basic parts, chapters 1 through 39 and 40 through 66. Either way, I was backing up to chapter 40 to read from there through chapter 46 to capture the context. And by doing that, I I backed up to like a natural um, section break in Isaiah. And if you backed up a little bit further than that, you, you would really see it yourself. Okay, so back to Bell and Nebo. Well, I read chapters 40 through 46. Then I focused in on verses 1 through 4 of chapter 46. Once I studied and meditated there for a while, I went back to read chapters 40 through 46 again, and then this is what I discovered. In a section entitled, The Greatness of Our God, I read this, verse 12, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has measured the spirit of the Lord or what man shows him his counsel? Whom did he consult and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Okay, did you see it? Not only does our God carry us and has no need to be carried by these, but these so-called gods that are all souped over and bowed low and carried on the backs of animals, these so-called gods of the sky and of wisdom, they don't compare to our God. Our God is the God of the sky. He's the one who marked off the heavens with a span. Our God is the God of wisdom. There is none who can teach him or show him the way. He is the way. <laughs> you know. And then verse 18 of chapter 40 asks a rhetorical question. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness compare with him? The obvious answer is none. None other. But remember what I said about repetition. If you keep reading in chapter 46 where we've been camped out. And I mean just keep reading to verse 5. What are you going to see there? Verse five, he says, to whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we may be alike? Okay, that's a repetition phrase right there. He goes on to remind them once more that the idols that they worship are made by the hands of men rather than the God who made the man. And the idol makers carry the idol, carry it and set it in place. But the idol cannot save. God answers himself in his, his own. He answers his own question in verse nine. It says, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. So as you meditate on these truths, consider what we fashion into idols in our culture today. What do we do? We idolize ideas and fame. We idolize power and control. We idolize health and beauty and wealth. Uh, but just like in the times of Isaiah, These gods are not gods at all. They cannot save. They cannot create something from nothing and they cannot carry you. So as you sing this song and you meditate on God's words through the prophet Isaiah, I pray you allow the Holy Spirit to reveal what ways you are leaning on other things to carry you. Recognize that they are bowed over and and have need to be carried themselves. They have no ability to deliver you from anxiety and fear and weariness and shame and the other torrents threatening to sweep you away. So what's next? We'll read Isaiah chapters 40 through 46. 
unpack and meditate on verses one through four of chapter 46. Really focus in on God, who on, on who God is and his promise to carry you. Meditate on that truth and consider what the opposite of depending upon God to carry you looks like. Respond to your heavenly father with a heart of gratitude for his faithfulness. Uh, the God who creates the heavens and is wisdom lifts you up, carries you and delivers you. And while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. You can email me, Michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellekneezat at Michelle Nizat or Facebook. Michelle L. Nizat is my public page and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network. Check out other podcasts in the network and Christian music resources at newreleasetoday.com. Now, I would be honored if you subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. But if you sign up on my website at michellekneezat.com, then I'm able to email you once a week with the show notes, with all the scriptures I use, links to the resources I use in my personal study, all of that, all the websites, all the books, anything I mention, I, I put in there. My featured free resource for email subscribers this week is an archive of my interactive worksheets. I've created um, several of these worksheets over the years for various podcasts, and here you can find them all in one place in the archive I've created. You'll gain exclusive access to that archive when you subscribe to my email list at michellekneezat.com. And with that in mind, I want to thank my newest subscribers like Noemi from Oregon, Ambrose from Kenya, Zach from Georgia, Stephanie from Georgia, Mary from Michigan, Danielle from Texas, and Gina from Oklahoma. Welcome. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneezat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. And you can leave a review by heading over to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Stand by Newsboys to dive into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 426. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.